Awesome. How is everyone? Ready to grow and willing to change this morning? Cool. Well, we're in week three of a series that we're calling What If, where we're exploring the possibilities of a life that's fully devoted to serving Jesus. As we started this series, we said, when we're young, we start out with this huge imagination and all these dreams and all these possibilities that are before us. And it's, it's weird, as we grow in age, as we get older, our possibilities seem to shrink. And so this series is built with the idea of opening up those possibilities again. Looking at life differently, and looking at life really, I believe, the way God intended it to be lived. And that is in service to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because it's in service to Him that we unwrap all these awesome possibilities for our life. And so the first week we talked about the opportunity that we have to start over. Man, there's not any of us in this room that at times in our life don't wish that we could just have a do-over. We want a mulligan. We want to be able to do it again. And Jesus gives us that. No matter how far we feel like we are away from God, He is there waiting for us to come back to Him. And He's willing to forgive And to give us a fresh start. Now that doesn't mean that all the consequences from our bad choices go away miraculously. Some of them do. Some of them don't. But Jesus is willing to forgive us and to give us this fresh start. Last week we talked about really the essence of Christianity, which is transformation. Christianity is about life change. The hope of the gospel is more than I get to go to heaven when I die. There's a life transformation, a metamorphosis that takes place. And you remember the image that we talked about last week was a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And that's really the change that God wants to enact in our life. It takes a long time. It takes a while for that to take place. And there are things that we have to do as God works in our life. But there's, there's no doubt that God desires to bring about that change in your life. This week, we're going to talk about connection. Really connecting with other believers in Jesus Christ. Now, connecting with others is vital to your spiritual well-being. In fact, I don't think that we can achieve the heights that God would have us to achieve if we're not really connecting with other people in our life. We need that. We cannot do it alone. There's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. I mean, do you think... We always say Lone Ranger had Tano. I mean, he did. Kimosabi, right? He did. Even the Lone Ranger wasn't alone. And so we all need someone to connect with. And I'm talking about more than, you know, having a buddy that you can watch the ball game with, as many of us will do this afternoon. Or a, a, a girlfriend to go shopping with or see a chick flick or whatever you guys do. I'm talking about more than that. Moving beyond the superficial into the depth of a relationship, into the intimacy of a relationship. I think that we all need that. The reality is, is we were created for community. I think God created us with that need. And I don't care how independent of a sort you think you are. None of you are more independent than I am. And I understand that I need that connection. I need to connect with other believers, other like-minded people 
because there are times in my life that I'm going to really need to depend on them and they're going to need to depend on me. We have to have that in our life. God intended for church to be more than just another thing on our already two full calendars. It's not about the hour on Sunday that we come and we sing a little and we drink a little coffee and we, we hear a nice little message and maybe we stand around and talk for about five minutes and then we're off to our next thing. That's not really what God had in mind when he designed the church. Would it be better if we served lunch too? We could have lunch. <laughs> we'll, you buy next week and then we'll, we'll see if it catches on. <laughs> we'll see if that catches on. That's a good idea. God wants more than just this hour that we have together on a Sunday morning. Why do, we, why do we not connect, though? Why is that so hard for us to do? We're going to talk about barriers in just a moment. But let's talk about some of the benefits of really connecting with other people in our life. I think it's important for us to understand this. So let's talk about that first. The benefits of living in community. The first one is this, support. Support. One of the benefits of living in community is we have the support mechanism around us. A few years ago, I was driving to Florida, down I-95, was on my way to Florida, and was in North Carolina. Now, there happened to be a few days before we came, in fact, the day before, this huge storm came sweeping through. And and it was uh, not just rain, but it it was snow and it was ice. And people in North Carolina are not used to that. They don't get that very often. And so traffic was horrible. We were just inching along. But as we're going along, it was this huge ice storm that had come through. And I'm looking over to the side. And in in Carolina, if you've never been there, there are these unbelievable pine trees. They've got pine trees everywhere. And I noticed that these pine trees are just covered with ice. And what's happening is, is there's this force of pine trees. And there's so much weight from the ice that they're actually leaning They're drooping to the side. But what had happened is there were so many of them right next to one another that they were actually drooping onto one another. They were leaning against each other. And then you'd drive along a little bit and you'd see one by itself. Guess where it was? It was on the ground. It had broken under the weight of the storm and it was broken out there all by itself. But the ones that were there next to each other, they kind of leaned on each other during that difficult time And when the ice melted, I'm sure they popped right back up. That's what happens in life. When we go through the storms of life, sometimes we need people to lean on. We need that support. But when we're all alone, sometimes the storm gets the better of us. And we end up breaking. But when we're in community, we have that support. There's a story back in Exodus. And I'm going to look at this just very quickly. In Exodus 17 where the Israelites have come out of Egypt, they're on their way to the promised land, and along the way they have to fight some battles. And in this particular passage, they're getting ready to fight a battle with the Amalekites. Joshua and the armies down in the valley, they're fighting the battle. And up on a hill is Moses and a couple of other guys, and they're, they're watching the battle take place. And notice what it says here in Exodus 17 and verse 11. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand... That Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So there's Moses. And whenever he's holding up his arms, his hands are in the air. Things are going well for the Israelites. 
Whenever he gets a little tired and his hands start to sag, the Amalekites begin to win the battle down below. Let's notice what happens. But Moses, Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and her, I think in his first name was Ben, and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. I love that passage. Here's Moses doing his best to keep his hands in the air all by himself, but he gets tired. I mean, if you stood for a long time like this in this position, eventually your hands are going to start to sag. You're going to get weary from doing that. And so her and Aaron come along. They give him a big rock to sit on. I'll give you three guesses about who that represents. So he's sitting on the rock, but on either side of him are his buddies and they prop up his hands and they stay like that until the battle is done. Moses needed some support during this time and you and I will as well. There are times in your life when you just get tired. You're just weary. And you're not sure if you can continue on. It's at those times in our life when we need someone to come along and support us. To hold our hands up, if you will, and help us through that time. That doesn't make you weak. That makes you human. We all go through times like that. It's not a sign of weakness when you need someone to support you during a difficult time. Because guess what? Sometimes you're going to be the person supporting someone else. We all go through these seasons of life. When we're being supported or when we're the one coming alongside to support the other person. When we live in community, we have that network of support in our life. A second thing is encouragement. Encouragement. Not only do we have support... But we have encouragement. I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago that I was driving to Florida when I went through North Carolina. Well, the reason I was going to Florida was uh, Carrie and I and a couple other people were going to run in the Disney Marathon. So that's why we were taking that journey. I've been an athlete my entire life, and I hadn't played basketball for a long time, and so I I needed a physical challenge. I needed something to kind of push my limits. So I said, hey, why not run 26.2 miles? Not a 5K, not a 10K, not a half marathon. Let's just go run 26.2 miles. That sounds like a good idea, right? No, not so much. But that's why we were going there. And so I'm by no means a runner. In fact, uh, running is one of my least favorite things to do. I like to torture. I'm a bit of a masochist. I like to torture myself a bit. And so we're there and uh, we're running in Disney. If you're ever going to run a marathon, if you ever want to take that challenge, Disney is the place to do it couple of reasons. One, it's flat. Key. Huge. Huge. Key. The second thing is, is at least every so often you get a run through one of the parks because the marathon actually takes place through all the various parks there in Walt Disney World. And so it's a great thing when you're feeling kind of tired and you're coming in and there's Goofy standing there. Come on, you can do it. You know, there's nothing quite like that. It's wonderful. I say that in jest a little bit because I wanted to hit Goofy by the end of the race. (laughs) But here's what did happen is Carrie, my wife, and Graham, who who comes to church here. He's not here this morning, but he he comes to church here. 
They're both far better runners than I am. I mean, unbelievable runners. Graham, a world-class runner. And they decided that they would run with me. Now, this was quite a sacrifice on their part. But the thing that just kept me going was them being with me to encourage me to keep going. Now, their natural gait is much faster than mine. And so, all through the race, you would see those two just kind of naturally, they'd be talking and they would just pull away from me. And I'd be back. (gasps) And they would try and talk with me and my conversations were reduced to one word or at times grunts. Mm. And... As the race went on, they're, they're, they would come back to me and they would, they would support me and they would encourage me and they would distract me and then they would pull away from me a little bit and I'd start to get discouraged and then they'd come back to me and then, then they would encourage me. And, and towards the end of the race, I, it, honestly, I was tired of them. I wanted them to go away. <laughs> I did. I wanted to stop. I wanted to quit. I wanted to walk. I, I, I wanted to crawl. I wanted to do something other than run. And I wanted them, but I needed them. Even though I didn't want them, I needed them. I needed them to encourage me to keep going. You see, encouragement means to fill with courage. That's what the word means. And we we are filled with courage when we know we're not alone. That's the thing that gives you the most encouragement in life. To know, I'm not in this by myself. In the marathon, I was surrounded by 17,000 other people who were stupid enough to do this. But it was the two that were there with me that gave me encouragement. It wasn't the other people that I didn't know, I had no relationship with. It was those two that kept prodding me and encouraging me, knowing, hey, you're not alone. You're not going to die out here on, on, you know, between Walt Disney World and Epcot. You're not. We'll drag you in. That's what encouraged me. Check this verse out. Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 28. Moses, the leader of the nation of Israel, the greatest prophet that the nation of Israel ever had, he's getting ready to go the way of man. He's going to die. And so God tells him, you need to appoint a new leader, a guy named Joshua. But notice what he says to Moses about Joshua. Verse 28 of Deuteronomy 3. But charge Joshua and encourage him. And strengthen him, for he shall go over before the people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. One of the things that God told Moses to do before he died was to encourage Joshua. Now think about that. Here's Moses, bigger than life figure, a prophet, the greatest prophet that the nation of Israel ever had. He just led them out of captivity, 400 years of captivity in Egypt. And now... Joshua has to take his place. (laughs) What a shadow to live in. And so before he goes, he says, I want you to encourage him. I want you to fill him with courage and strengthen him. Let him know that he can do this. That he's not alone in this endeavor. We need that in our life. We need people to come alongside of us and encourage us. To let us know when it gets tough that we're not alone. I know in my life, the times when I feel the most discouraged is the times when I feel like I'm all by myself. That no one cares. That no one understands. That I'm the only one doing so and so. That's a discouraging thing. But to know that you've got people in your life 
that love you, that care for you, that will be there for you, even during the most difficult times in life. That is an encouraging thing. That's what we have in the church when we build community in our lives. Third thing, accountability. We may not like this one so much. Support, yeah. Encouragement, great. Accountability, huh? not so much. The people of God hold our feet to the fire, so to speak. They make sure that we're not veering off course, that we're losing our way. The Bible is very clear in the fact that all believers in Jesus one day will stand before God and we will give an account of our life to Him. And it's that knowledge that keeps us focused on, on what's important and it also motivates us to do the right thing. Knowing that one day, whenever that is, I'm going to stand before Him and give an account of my life to Him. That helps me to focus and it keeps me motivated. But that same truth, that same principle is true when I make myself accountable to other people. When I let people into my life and say, hey, can you hold me accountable about this? I'm struggling with this. Or I want to try and do this. Can you keep me accountable in that part of my life? That keeps us focused and motivated. Sometimes more than our accountability to God does. To know that somebody's going to ask me about how I'm doing in a certain area of my life, that keeps me focused. That keeps me motivated. Now, in order for that to take place and in a relationship, that requires authenticity. I've got to be authentic with people. I've got to take off the mask. Stop pretending that everything's okay in my life when it's not. It also requires a vulnerability in my life to be willing to open up my heart to other people. Now, obviously, you can't do that with everyone. But there ought to be people in your life with whom you can just open your heart and share, hey, this is what's going on with me. This is how, where I'm struggling. This is a thing that God, I think, is trying to do in my life. Can you help me with this? Can you keep me accountable in this area of my life? We have support. We have encouragement. We have accountability. And finally, we have challenge. When we live in community, when we're really connecting with other people, they're challenging us to do it better. They're challenging us to go to New Heights. I love, love, love being around people who challenge me. I do. I just love it. As I said earlier, I grew up all my life playing athletics. Basketball was my primary sport. And I always made sure that I was playing against people who were better than I was. Because that made me better. There's nothing like a butt whooping to motivate you to work harder. And so I would always put myself in situations where I was playing against guys that were better than I was because that made me better. When I started playing the guitar, I always wanted to play with musicians who were better musicians than I was because that forced me to take my game to another level. And the same is true spiritually. I love being around people who challenge me in my walk with God, who are doing it the right way, or at least they're trying. They keep me accountable, and they challenge me to go to new levels in my walk with God. Check this verse out, Hebrews 10, 24. 
It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. He says, think about the people in your life. And here's one of the things that you need to be doing. You need to be provoking each other to love more and to do more good works. We need people like that in our life. Maybe we try and avoid that because it makes us feel bad about ourselves. But I don't think that's the proper view. I think we should view it the other way and say, hey, you know what? That person's really focused on God. They're really trying to live for God. And I want to be around them because they challenge me to go to new heights in my walk with God. We need that kind of challenge in our life. So here are four wonderful benefits. And there are many more. But here's four. There's support. There's encouragement. There's accountability. There's challenge. These are great things. These are things that we all need, that we all desire. So why don't we connect more? I mean, why don't we let our guard down and open up to people and genuinely connect with others? Let me see if I can illustrate this for you with... um, One of my favorite foods in the entire world. The chocolate chip cookie. Does it get any better than the chocolate chip cookie? Uh, Anybody want to smell it? Mm. You said dinner. We're having cookies. All right. Nothing better than the chocolate chip cookie. So I thought, you know, I'd just make some cookies for you, if that's okay. Everybody all right with that? All right. So I've got all the ingredients here. Got the toll house, and I've got all, you know. There's there's vanilla, there's brown sugar, butter. Got to have butter, you know. Sugar, flour, brown sugar, flour, more flour. Uh, Carrie put these together. I have no idea what goes in these cookies. I just eat them, right? Salt. I think this is salt. So I got all the ingredients, right? All right. So let's make some cookies. It shouldn't take long now. Hold on a second. Oh, lost my vanilla. I think that's vanilla. Brown substance. All right, hold on. Anyone want one? I love the batter. Does anybody else love the batter? You can dispense with cooking them. Just eat it right out of the tub, right? Hold on. Oh, sorry. Brown sugar. Almost done. They're not going together for some reason. Carrie, How, what do I need to do? This is not good. They're not, there's, there, there seems to be a barrier between the ingredients and, and they don't mix together because there's a barrier there. I need what's inside here to connect with the other things. But there's a barrier and so I don't get any cookies. We have barriers in our life that keep us from connecting with one another. We'll come back to that in a second, all right? We won't leave it in that state. But let's take a minute, if we could, and let's talk about what keeps us from connecting. What are these barriers in our life that keep us from coming together and truly connecting with other believers in Jesus Christ? Because we need to understand these so that we can start to pull them down in our life. The first one is this, and it's culture. Our culture builds into us this independence 
And we're taught from the time that we're this high that independence is the key. Not interdependence. Independence. If you want to be successful, you can't be relying upon anybody else. You need to be independent. Our country was founded on a document called the Declaration of Independence. That's exactly right. We told the Brits, go home, we're independent. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry. It's all good. Time heals all wounds. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. We all make mistakes. We'd be better off now. I know it was hilarious. See, they went to see the crossing of the Delaware at Christmas with, you know, the Washington reenactment. Oh, that's great. There he is standing on the other side waiting for Washington to come across. And they made it this year. That's good. But our culture builds into us this independence. And I need to shield myself from other people. I don't want to get too dependent on someone else because that's not a good thing. And so uh, I, I think because of that, because we're taught that, it, it puts up this barrier in our life where we're not willing to let other people into our world. Our culture has tr- changed so dramatically, at least in the Western world, than, even, than it was even a hundred years ago. The changes have been dramatic because of the advances in technology. And, all, and I'm not fighting that. I, I, I enjoy so many of the advancements. But I understand also that they present more challenges to our spiritual walk as well. We live in a much more transient world than we did at one time. I mean, it was a hundred years ago, families, they lived together, they stayed near one another, they connected. Your church was your, was your extended family, and you, you lived next door to each other, and you connected, and you helped one another. And because of, of, of the ease of travel, and the movement around the country, and the world, and we've become more transient, and we connect less. I, I read a book once that blamed all of that, that inability to connect on the electric garage door opener. Before, you have to get out of your car, wave to the neighbor, raise up your door, then pull your car in. Now, you don't even have to get out. You hit the button, you press the little thing, door opens, you go in, you never have to talk to your neighbors ever again. It's a great thing. Our culture keeps us many times from connecting. Another thing is this, pace of life. It kind of goes hand in hand with culture. Pace of life. Because building community takes time. Building relationships in our life requires time and effort. And we find it difficult to move beyond the superficial because we're off to our next thing. You with me? I know you are. Because we're all this way. We find it difficult to really connect and get involved because that takes time and effort because, you know, I've got to be here at this time, or I've got this to do. And so the pace of life keeps us from really connecting. So many churches around the world have a very superficial connection because the only time that they spend together is an hour on Sunday, and the majority of that time is spent listening to one person talk. And so there's no connection. There's no intimacy You see, community is not built on convenience, but it's built upon the conviction that it's vital for my spiritual well-being. 
Community connection is not built on convenience, but on the conviction that it's vital to my spiritual well-being. I know you're busy. I'm busy. We're all busy. We can all talk about how busy we are. We can go in the back and we can commiserate about how busy we are. Oh, yeah, you think that's bad? Listen to this. My calendar's fuller than yours. I hear you. I got it. Community is not built on convenience, but on the conviction that it's vital to my spiritual well-being. It's about priorities. We make time for the things that we feel are important to us. That's just true. We schedule it in, we make room, we make time. And we need to take that kind of commitment to the things that we do in life and make sure that we're making that time to connect with other people and experiencing the support and the accountability and the encouragement and the challenge that we all need desperately. Pace of life. Third one, pride. Pride. Pride gets in the way. It puts up this wall. It's this barrier between people. It keeps us from asking for and receiving help when we need it. (laughs) I'm so bad at this. Let me give you a hand with that. No, no, I'm good. Even though I want him to help me so much. Why do I do that? Pride. I don't want to admit that I need you. Good grief. That would be horrible. I don't want to do that. I don't want to admit that I'm dependent upon you to help me with this. We have this pridefulness about us. We all do. It's within all of us, and it destroys community. We need to let that go. We're not better than anybody else, and we're not weak when we say that we're dependent upon. God made it that way. God made us so that we have certain weaknesses in our life. Why? So we would need one another. So that we would put our trust in each other and become interdependent upon one another. And when we resist that, and we allow these barriers to be in our life, we're keeping ourselves from experiencing all that God desires for us to experience. We need to pull down that barrier of pride. Let me give you a fourth one. And it's fear. We're just afraid. We're, we're afraid to allow people into our life. And there could be any number of reasons why we're afraid. Maybe we're, we're afraid of being judged. You know, I don't really have my life together all that much. And I'm afraid if I share that with someone else, they may look badly upon me. They may judge me for that. I know that happens. I get it. But I don't think that we can allow that fear of being judged to keep us from developing the connection, the community, the intimacy in our relationships. Listen, guys, listen, listen, listen. I've said this so many times, and I'll keep saying it. Nobody has it all together. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. It's just the way it is. We all got stuff. We all got stuff. We do. I mean, if there's one thing that I've learned in the umpteen years that I've been in the ministry is nobody has it all together. 
I'll think, man, they're a really normal person. And then like a month later, they'll be in my office telling me some story about their life. I'll be going, wow. And that's okay. I got no problem with that. But one thing it's taught me is everybody's got stuff. Everybody's got issues. And that's okay. And so you have to know that going in. You're not the only one with skeletons in your closet. You're not the only one that has struggles in your life. And by opening up and sharing with other people those areas of struggle in your life, you might actually be helping them. You might be ministering to them and say, yeah, me too. Yeah, I struggle with that. Hey, can we help each other? Yeah, let's do that. Let's work together. Maybe we're fearful of being hurt. Maybe we've kind of put ourselves out there before and somebody just stomped right on our heart. They, they took something that we said to them in confidence and they blabbed it all over the church. I know that never happens, but maybe it did to you <laughs> once or twice. You know, you got, the, you got the telephone, the telegraph, the television, and the telechristian. That's, I mean, that, to, that, is, is, that communicates things faster than, you know, wireless, Wi-Fi. I mean, a telechristian, and it's going to get around quickly. All right? But maybe that's you. Maybe you've been hurt, and so you're fearful. Hey, I'm going to put my guard up a little bit. I've got this barrier in my life because I don't want to get hurt again. Listen, I, you, you might. I, no promises. There are people out there that, that might, whether unintentionally or intentionally, hurt you. But don't let fear drive your life. That's no way to live. Don't live in fear of judgment or fear of being hurt. Maybe you're fearful of being taken advantage of. You know, if I, if I make myself dependent upon other people, they may take advantage of me. Yeah, they might. But i got to tell you, the blessing associated with that kind of a relationship far outweighs anything that we might be fearful of. We need that connection with one another. We need to remove the barriers in our life. We need to make sure that we're tearing these things down in our life. Because it's only when we, when we open up and get the butter out <laughs> that, that we experience community. And so we take these things and we... Carrie, what order am I supposed to put these together in again? The eggs? Where are the eggs? There's no eggs in here. We'll put this in. It doesn't matter. You guys can eat the batter. You can eat the batter later. We mix all the ingredients together. Now, listen. Here's the thing. Oh, here the eggs are. You like them with shells or without? Without? I like the crunch, personally. Yeah, that was good, huh? There you go. We mix all this together. And you know what happens? I, got some, I know I got some Ph.D. chemist in this room. Cooking is about chemistry, isn't it? It really is. You put all these things together, and then you begin to mix them all up. I don't have time to do it right, but through the magic of television, we will have... And the most important part, right? You can come up and eat this batter later. Listen. You know what happens? It's not happening in here. But you know what usually happens? <laughs> Is 
all the ingredients come together. And you take those ingredients and you introduce time and an outside force, heat, and it causes a chemical reaction to take place, really, literally. And all those separate ingredients come together and they form something brand new. Something extremely special. A chocolate chip cookie. You know, if, if we view ourselves individually as the ingredients, and we tear down the barriers, we take ourselves outside of the barriers, we start to pull them down in our life and open ourselves up to one another, and we introduce time, because it takes time to build those kind of relationships, and there's an outside force, God, that comes into that relationship and something happens. Something special happens. We, we begin to build community. And the thing about the ingredients, when they're mixed properly, is that you can't really tell where one ingredient ends and another one begins. They just come together and they form this new, beautiful thing. And that's what happens in our life when we tear down the barriers, allow time, and let God do a work in our life. Community happens. Something special takes place in our life. But we've got to break down the barriers. We've got to pull them down. We've got to stop allowing those things to block connection. Our challenge this morning is just that. Tear down the barriers. Pull them down. And maybe it's going to take time. I appreciated Jan's testimony and how she shared some of the apprehensions that she had about small groups and connecting with other people. And that really wasn't her thing. And she didn't really feel comfortable. But she's growing in that area. And so I don't want to leave you with the impression that you tear them down and it's going to be instantaneous. And now I'm just this open person that connects with everybody. That doesn't happen. But what happens is over time, as I build comfort and trust with people in my life, and the walls start to come down, the barriers start to come down in my life, then community starts to happen, and I start to feel the support and the encouragement and the accountability and the challenge in my life. We need that. We have to have that. You need that connection. If you're going to achieve the heights that God has for you, and I believe He wants to do unbelievable things in every life that's here, you need that connection. And we can make up every excuse. We can come up with every reason why that's not happening in our life. But the reality is this. We need it. It's not built on convenience. It's built on the conviction that it's necessary to my spiritual vitality. So this morning, I want to challenge you as we leave to tear down the barriers and start to connect with other people in your life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your love and kindness. Thank you for all that you've uh, done in our hearts this morning. And I pray this morning that the barriers would start to come down in our life. Father, we love you so much. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness where we've allowed the walls to come up in our life that keep us from connecting with other people. 
And I ask this morning that you would begin to tear those down in our life. Whatever it is, Lord, whether it's just a cultural thing or or we just find ourselves being so busy that we don't have time to connect. Maybe it's a pride issue where I don't want to depend on other people or, or maybe, Father, it's just this unbelievable fear that I have that I'm going to get hurt or somebody will judge me. Lord, tear that down this morning. Father, I ask that you would uh, just enable us to connect in new and deeper ways in our life. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we, before we're dismissed this morning, with this in mind, I, I want to encourage you not only to tear down the barriers in your life, but to, to get connected. One of the big things that we do, one of the emphasis of our ministry and we try and keep things simple, but one of the things that we think is important is, is to connect, obviously. And we, we think the best way to do that is in a smaller group. I mean, our church isn't big by any means, but even in a group of 40 or 50 people, it's difficult to really connect. And so we encourage people to get involved in a small group. And we have groups that meet throughout the week at different locations around the area. And so hopefully in that group, in that list of groups, you can find a group of people to connect with. We have a group that meets on Sunday afternoons. We have a group that meets on Monday evenings. We have two groups that meet on Wednesdays. We also have a men's group and then the mom's group, I think, that meets on Tuesday mornings, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Jan? Wednesday mornings. So there's groups all around. You say, well, none of that really fits. I don't know if I can make any of those. I think connection is so important that if you'll talk with me or you can talk with Laura or any of the other leaders and say, hey, you know what, I want to connect, but none of those groups really work for me. We'll figure out a way to help you connect, even if it's just one-on-one with another person to get together. I've been meeting with some guys uh, just started this week, helping our relationship to connect with one another. And so I even have a guy that called me that doesn't live here anymore that used to go to the church and says hey i need some life coaching can we connect every week via skype so i'll skype with you all right that's how important i think it is for us to connect okay so i want to encourage you back at the connect table there is a list of small groups small group leaders make yourself available back at the connect table if you would after service okay you guys know who you are so that if someone has questions, you're back there to answer those. Okay? Let's pray one last time. We'll be done. Father, thank you so much for your love and kindness. Father, we love you and praise you for the Lord Jesus. And thank you for this time together this morning. Lord, just build community in this place. So important. We know that your word says that it's by the love that we have one for another that people will know that we are your disciples, that we are your followers. And so I pray that you would make this church a place of love and let that love be a witness to the community that we follow you. Lord, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, here's what you got to do before you leave. You have to come up and eat a spoonful of this. I'm just kidding, but here's what I do have for you. In the back, Laura's got them. Chocolate chip cookies, all right? Who made them? I made them. No, I didn't make them. Carrie made them. She makes the best. So, make sure you stop back and get a cookie, all right? God bless.